What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 19 of Preloaded, the podcast dedicated to previewing and talking about all of the biggest and most exciting upcoming video games. My name is Josh Finderup, and I'm joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. Been playing a lot of cyberpunk, and I'm really excited for Christmas. Yeah, me too, uh, on both fronts. And on the note of Christmas and the holidays... We are uh, taking a break after this show. We just want to make everyone in the audience aware that we are going to take two weeks off. It just kind of pans out with our schedules that that's what works best. So we are going to be back on January 8th. So you'll want to stay tuned for uh, that when we post in a few weeks from now, January 8th. And we want to remind everyone that we are... Um, likely going to do our Game of the Year discussion then. Uh, As Jackson mentioned, we've both been playing a lot of Cyberpunk, which has been taking up a ton of our time. And that means that we haven't gotten necessarily to all of the games we want to play in the Game of the Year uh, sphere. So just stay tuned for that. We hope that you will stick with us and we'll see you all in the new year. But before that, we have a show to get to. This week, we are going to talk about our cyberpunk review impressions, and that's going to be a very interesting discussion. I cannot wait to talk with you, Jackson, about my <laughs> thoughts on cyberpunk. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, me neither. It's it's a great conversation. Nice. Yeah. And we are also going to dig into everything that was announced at the Game Awards. So we've got a great show for you today. We hope that you will stick with us through the entire show. But first... Preloaded posts every Friday. We post on uh, both of our YouTube channels. I'm Quest Mode on YouTube, and Jackson is JV, J A Y V double E. And you can also catch the audio version if you prefer to listen. And that is posted to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to post a review. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, post a five star review or even a written review if you want to let people know uh, why you like listening. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And we welcome all of your feedback, all of your comments, but we'd really love to get your questions. Send us your questions because at the end of every show, we dig into our mailbag and read one of them right here and we discuss uh, whatever you want to hear us talk about. So uh, again, that's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of questions, we're going to kick things off as we always do with our segment, Who the hell are these guys? This is where Jackson and I answer a question about our gaming history, our gaming preferences, to help you, our audience, get to know us better. And uh, in light of everything going on with Cyberpunk this week and last week, we're asking the question, or answering the question rather, what's the worst bug you've ever encountered in a video game? So Jackson, I'm going to toss it over to you. So for me, I think I've already mentioned this, um, so I'm going to give you two. Um, The first one is the most recent one with my Xbox Series X and Black Ops Cold War. I couldn't play that game more than 20 minutes before it would shut down my Xbox Series X. And I don't know, like, how you could think of a worse bug. I mean, I'm sure that (laughs) could have caused damage to my console. Um, So that's one of them. But the one that actually came to mind to me was uh, in Arkham Origins, that game. 
which was not a game made by Rocksteady, I believe. It was like the third in the series. Right. Yeah. It came it was out at some point. made by WB Montreal, I believe. There you go. There you go. Um, I got stuck in that game where I completely lost my progress. I couldn't reload a save to where it completely halted my experience. And I just simply was too far in to restart the game and get anything out of it. So that is one of the worst bugs of ex- I've experienced because it just ruined the entire like experience of playing that game for me. Yeah, um, I have a similar one. Uh, that I actually have discussed on this show. So if you've been listening, you this might be a, a repeat story. But when I played Mortal Shell this year, which was a great game, loved that game, I got all the way to the very end, and I literally was going to uh, you kind of teleport to where the final boss is. I got my loadout spec'd out just the way I wanted, and then right when I went to teleport to the final boss, the game crashed. It's like, all right, no big deal. I reloaded it, and my save file was corrupted. So I couldn't even go back if I wanted to. And so I will never finish Mortal Shell because that's it's like a Souls-like. There's no way I'm going to put myself through that again. Um, <laughs> yeah, stuff terrible. like that is soul-crushing, you know? Yeah. It just ruins... Like, even when I think about Arkham Origins, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because of that. Yeah, I wish I could finish that game. I mean, honestly, it would be in my top 10 this year. I enjoyed yeah. it that much, but now it's just um, mm. on the, you know... I don't. I want to say the back burner, but I'm never going to get back to it. Pretty sure. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's always a drag. If you guys have any, uh, uh, anyone listening has any bugs they want to share, uh, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear some stories. Uh, hopefully, they're not too painful. Uh, maybe some are funny. <laughs> Hope so. Yeah. Um. So with that, we are going to move on to out this week, where we look at the games that are coming out the week following when we post this. So the following Monday through Friday, and uh, it is a quiet week, as you can imagine, with the the holidays coming up. We do have two games, though. Override 2 Super Mech League, which I got to be honest, Jackson, I don't really know what this is. I think it's a fighting game. Um, uh, there's an outside chance that that's true. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> anyhow, this comes out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So pretty much everything on December 22nd. And then finally, Super Meat Boy Forever is uh, coming out on December 23rd for Switch and PC. So if you're into kind of uh, really super challenging, fast-paced platformers, uh, this is likely to be a, a relatively decent game. I, I don't think I'm going out on too far of a limb saying that. Um, yeah, I think Super Meat Boy has got a pretty good rep- reputation. Yep. Um, and so that's uh, really all that's coming out this week of note. Uh, in fact, that might be all that's coming out, uh, period. Uh, We are now going to look at the review roundup. Uh, We're moving through these pretty quick this week. Uh, This week, we did finally get reviews for Doom Eternal on the Nintendo Switch, which is exciting, and it's it's reviewing great. It has an 82% critic average on Open Critic and a recommended score of 92%, and I'm just really impressed that they got this game to perform on the Nintendo Switch because I even had trouble on my PS4 Pro getting this game to uh, load textures uh, when I played it at release. Oh, man. I didn't even hear about issues like that. Um, but but I'm with you with uh, on this running on Switch. I think that is incredible. Um, and if there's one thing that Bethesda does really well, and this might be seen as a joke or a meme, but they put their games on all platforms, and it really runs well for the most part, um, at least talking recently about their games. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just kind of a funny note, I, you know, I, I alluded to this with a couple of other Bethesda games last week, but this is now an Xbox, you know, Game Studios game, I guess, technically. And mm-hmm. it's uh, just releasing for Switch. So that's kind of a fun 
fun fact there. Um, next, a uh, game called Airborne Kingdom, which I hadn't heard of before uh, you dropped it on this list, Jackson. Uh, this is apparently a uh, like a top-down uh, city builder, uh, so a simulation game, and it's getting great reviews, so I'm glad that we got it on here. A critic average of 84% and a recommended score of 83%. This is on PC, so if you are a fan of the, the city-building genre and the simulation genre, uh, maybe one to check out. Yeah, art style really caught my eye. So if this is something you're into, yeah, like Josh said, check it out. Yeah, and with that, we are already going to be taking our first break. But when we get back, we are going to talk about the week in previews. And there's a ton to talk about because we had the Game Awards. So look forward to that. We'll see you in just a minute. And we're back. We are now going to get into the week in previews. This is where Jackson and I dig into all the headlines of the previous week about all of the video games that are on the horizon that are coming out. And again, there's a lot to talk about because the Game Awards just happened and we got a bunch of announcements. This is now without E3 this year or without PAX or any of that stuff. This is kind of the biggest single event of the year. And they did not waste any time. They got right into it with a big, perfect, dark reveal trailer, which I think looked spectacular. And uh, I will toot my own horn here. I did predict this on a previous show that this would get revealed at the Game Awards. I think this might have been my only prediction that came true, but uh, very cool. Uh, Having played a little bit of uh, Perfect Dark back in the day, it does look very different. Um, This uh, had a much brighter aesthetic. They're kind of going this eco, um, I don't, I can't remember what they called it, but, uh, kind of, um, uh, there, there's like an ecological slant to it where the future is, you know, global warming is happening. And it sounds like Joanna Dark is going to be on a mission to, um, maybe take down some corporation that is, uh, causing some ecological harm. I don't know. And Jackson, (laughs) did you, did you pick up any of that or am I, am I going uh, way out there? You know, I I didn't pick up on that, but it could be that you were paying more attention than I was. But what you're describing reminds me almost of like Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? There's some not it's not like geared towards uh, global warming, but that's part of the story, right? Yeah, yeah, because they had I mean they started the trailer with the the look down on the globe, and there were fires and there were windstorms and um all that stuff going on. So uh, yeah, but. I'm super excited about this. Uh, having uh, Again, having played Cyberpunk, it's uh, reinvigorated my excitement for first-person shooters. I hope that that's the direction they go with this uh, since the first uh, two. I actually didn't play the second Perfect Dark, but the first one was definitely a first-person shooter. Yeah, they need, they need to stick with the formula um, unless they come up with something new and exciting. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, the, the, the first and maybe the biggest reveal of the entire show. Well, actually, I, I don't think that it was the biggest. We'll get to that later. But um, they did reveal next Back for Blood, which is the spiritual successor. It's as close as you can get to a full-on sequel without being a direct sequel to um, Left for Dead. So if you are a Left for Dead fan, this is super exciting. It's being developed by uh, Turtle Rock. I don't know if there's any connection between Turtle Rock and Valve or any developers carrying over from the old development team. Do you know that, Jackson? Uh, I I'm, can't 100% confirm, but I believe there is a connection um, there. And I don't know if you caught onto this, but Turtle Rock is the dev behind the, um, a, not asynchronous, but remember Evolve? Evolve, that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that like squad versus monster game. I loved Evolve and I thought it was really well made and I was kind of sad to see it sputter out and die. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I'm excited to see the studio's next game. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Evolve was well received, but for whatever reason, it just did not catch on and uh, had a had a very short lifespan. So yeah. hopefully they can uh, do something special here with Back for Blood. And uh, if it has any, if it if it is as good as Left for Dead, I mean, we'll be playing this for a very long time. Yeah, man, I, I'm ready for another Left for Dead type game. And so I'm glad they revealed this and it's not that far away. Yeah, that's right. Uh, set for release on June 22nd, 2021. I don't even think that's like early access. I, I believe that's the full full release. Yeah, I, I think it is too. It signals that this has been in dev for a while. Yeah, yeah. There were rumors kind of spinning around. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I believe this is, uh, yeah, has been in development for some time. Um, but moving on, we got another big announcement uh, about Arc 2 which started out with a, an appearance by Vin Diesel. He seems to like showing up at the Game Awards. Uh, I have to say, this this game looks a little bit better than the last game he showed up to promote. But if you are a fan <laughs> of Ark, it's always been a game that I, fa- I thought looked fascinating. I love dinosaurs. I mean, who doesn't? And right. this idea of like a survival game where you have to kind of work around these dinosaur creatures and discover this island just sounded awesome. But I never got into it. I didn't either. Um, Ark... And forgive me if you're an ARC fan, it always kind of looked like an early access game to me. And those games usually don't appeal to me. So that's kind of why I've always skipped it. I never tried it, honestly. The the one time I did play ARC, I did a video on my channel where I I, uh, listed out the top open world games on Nintendo Switch. And I did download ARC for Switch. And it is god awful on the Switch. I know the game (laughs) performs much better on PC. But I have heard people say that even if you play it on like PS4 or Xbox One, that it's a pretty... um, uh, rough experience ha- rough experience yeah so if, if you're gonna play arc i would probably do it on uh maybe maybe a next-gen console or pc hopefully arc 2 irons out some of those uh kinks yeah it's set to release in 2022 so it's got some time yeah and i saw some people calling it I, this made me laugh uh, the past and the furious <laughs> with, <laughs> that's so good uh, vin diesel so uh yeah that's uh that was a good one anyways so look forward to that if you... Oh, yeah. Did you mention sometime in 2022? Yes. Okay. Um, alongside the ARC uh, animated series, if that's something you're looking forward to, that's coming in 2022 as well. Anyways, uh, the next really big... We're, we're, by the way, we're moving past some of the smaller announcements. I'm gonna, we're going to go through those in just a minute. Uh, we're just, just getting into the, the real big meaty ones. The next one that I think uh, was certainly a surprise for me, a, a good one, is uh, the Callisto Protocol, which is a survival horror game from some formal Visceral Studios developers. Visceral, if you don't know, is the studio behind Dead Space. So this is a uh, Dead Space-esque game coming in 2022. We don't really know much about what the gameplay is going to be like, uh, but it is inspired by Dead Space, and this came out of nowhere. It's set in the PUBG universe. Did you catch that, Jackson? I did, and I had the similar reaction, like, wait, what? what what's, what's going on here? How, how could this possibly take place in the same universe? I don't know what their plans are. I think initially it makes me skeptical, but at the same time, I trust uh, Glenn Schofield, who's the, he was on, yeah, Visceral. He was responsible for Dead Space, and then he went over to Activision, um, or sorry, not Activision, but the third studio that was making Call of Duty games for several years. Um, and then now he's got his own studio. So I, I kind of trust that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, and uh, very exciting. Yeah, my my one hope with uh, the PUBG connection is just that, I mean, it, my initial thought was, okay, are they going to put a uh, Battle Royale in here? And if they are, 
I mean, fine. I just hope that's not the focus. I hope that this is more of a Dead Space-like than a PUBG-like. Yes, I believe I read that it is a single-player, like, story-driven experience. So that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look forward to that if you are into Dead Space survival uh, horror-style games. And then, um, again, uh, don't forgive me, Josh, if you mentioned this. That is coming in 2022. Uh, But for the next two announcements, I'm just going to kick it over to you. These were two huge trailers, uh, or I should say two... uh, um, fun trailers that they showed, and one was a big surprise. But uh, you're the Bioware guy, so I'm going to let you cover these. <laughs> so uh, first, the Mass Effect surprise teaser was towards the end of the Game Awards, um, and really for me, like my heart stopped when I saw this. I didn't know that it was Mass Effect at first. In fact, I thought this was Starfield. I was looking at the yeah. spacey type thing. They were going through space, some space stations, some galaxies. I was like, okay. Okay, Bethesda. But then I saw the mass relay. I heard the blah, like the, the Reaper noise. And then I noticed Liara. And that's kind of when uh, I lost it. So really, it confirms a few things. And I made a video about this. But it kind of confirms that we're back in the Milky Way unless, you know, some kind of interstellar travel has been figured out. Um, and it's taking place after the third game. Um, so as a Mass Effect fan who's you know, didn't love Andromeda, really loves the original trilogy. It was really exciting um, for me. Did you have any, like, reactions when you saw this, Josh? Um, Well, yes, I did. I was very excited. I also thought it was Starfield, or at least that was my first thought. Um, I I didn't think it was Mass Effect because of what we saw earlier in the show, which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, I just didn't think Bioware was going to show off two games. But uh, when they showed Liara and her face was revealed and they had that little, uh, that sound, uh, it's yeah. like a, a ping. It just was like, uh, got my, <laughs> got my emotions going and I'm not even a big Mass Effect fan, but I, I, I know what that meant to a lot of Mass Effect, uh, fans out there. So I was, uh, um, getting a little emotional right along with you. <laughs> That's awesome. I totally know exactly what you're talking about. That moment in the trailer really brought it home. Also that trailer as a whole really captured Mass Effect for me. It's something I tried to talk about in the video on my channel, they just, they got, they nailed the vibe. Um, I feel like of the original trilogy, which is hard to do. Um, so very excited for that. But like Josh said earlier in the show, we saw the dragon age teaser, which they still haven't given us like a title for this game. But again, focusing on the fact that Solas is the dread wolf, right? The dread wolf rises. And we saw some very interesting environments in the game, um, that looked intriguing to me, almost what looked like a city. And, Forgive me, I'm not a huge Dragon Age lore buff. I do like the games, but I just I have no idea what I was looking at. I just know that it looked good. Yeah, yeah, it did look good. I was a little surprised that we it was just uh, such a short CG only trailer, but you know, uh, they'll show us more when they're ready. You know, and uh, with everything that's going on at Bioware and with the position they're in, they definitely need to take their time. They can't really afford uh, to stumble with this game. I don't feel. Uh, um, you know, maybe Mass Effect is really their their last uh, last hope, but uh, I do feel like they've really got to do something special with Dragon Age to win some of their goodwill back with uh, longtime fans. Right, and I think a good way to win back just general Bioware fans' goodwill is to make sure that the Legendary Edition is rock solid. That's expected spring twenty twenty one. So when yeah, that thing right. comes out, that you know that needs to be just polished. It needs to be functional. Um, it, and if it is, and they do a good job and bring up the, the original game, then I think that'll make people feel a little more trusting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, so 
If you're a Bioware fan, there is a lot to look forward to, uh, starting out with the legendary edition of Mass Effect. But moving on, we did get a bunch of smaller uh, announcements. Um, And when I say smaller, just not huge AAA or quadruple-A tentpole games. Uh, We're going to start things off with uh, uh, It Takes Two, which is a uh, two-player game uh, from Hazel Light, which is the studio behind um, uh, A Way Out uh, by, uh, by Joseph Ferris. He's the guy that kind of, uh, dropped a big <laughs> F bomb on the game awards a few years ago. That, uh, was that funny moment. Anyways, I think this game looks great. If this is your thing, it's not exactly my cup of tea, but, uh, the trailer looked great. Yeah. I very imaginative game. Um, what I kind of like about EA originals in general, I know we'd like to shovel a lot of hate onto EA, uh, as a general community. Uh, but, the EA originals are always very unique mm-hmm. indie games, and this is one of them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look forward to that if you are into uh, you know the two-player, kind of mandatory two-player experiences. Right. Um, next, we have two uh, PlayStation exclusives. Well, the first one is a PlayStation and PC exclusive. It's called Season, and this was just a, um, a really beautiful trailer, a cel-shaded trailer. We don't really know what the game is going to be, uh, what the gameplay is really going to be like, but you're exploring this beautiful world, and... Apparently, you are recording the world's history before some sort of cataclysm or disaster. That's coming out for PlayStation and PC, no date. And then the next PlayStation exclusive we did get a date for is Returnal, um, which I think is exciting. This isn't normally a type of game I'm really hyped for, but um, Housemark, the studio behind this game, has just a sterling track record uh, with shooters. And this is kind of a new thing for them. They're doing a third-person kind of bullet hell-style shooter if they can nail the gameplay that they've done with games like uh, Resogun um, and Super Stardust, this should be a great game. Yeah, I will say, Josh, um, first off, Season, oh my gosh, that's one of the games that st- sticks out in my mind from this entire show, if you can believe it. That that art style just blew me away, so I'll be keeping an eye on that. Returnal's gameplay was a little concerning to me. It didn't look super polished and not what I really expected from a lot of the cinematic trailers that we have seen about that game up to this point. Interesting. Yeah, and I can definitely see how the cinematic trailers would not lead you to think that this is the uh, that this type of game, but having right. played for me, I don't know if you played like Resogun or any of their other games uh like Dead Nation or um just trying there's a bunch of them. Um, I'm not okay. surprised that this is the direction they went, but I'm going to have to go back and look because, uh, uh, yeah, the, the the level of polish isn't something I noticed, but uh, that's interesting that you noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still want to give it a, a fair shake, so I'll keep my eyes on it. Yep. Um, so next, we got a pair of uh, road trip games. One is called Road 96, <laughs> where you are, um, it looks like a. it's definitely procedurally generated where you go along this road trip and apparently the decisions you make play out differently. I'm not sure if it's a rogue light. I kind of got that vibe from it, but uh, very interesting. Also, I believe a cell shaded game. And then um, Open Roads is another road trip game. This one is more of like a just a straight narrative experience. It looks like, and it's from the developers of Gone Home, which um, a lot of people loved. So uh, did any of these, did either of these two games catch your eye? You know, they both did. Um, The idea of a procedurally generated narrative game is fascinating to me. So Road 96 is something I'll be keeping an eye on. And then Open Roads has some very big talent, uh, some voice talent from big like Hollywood level actors. So yeah, uh, I played Gone Home. I really loved Gone Home. So I'll be looking forward to this too. Yeah, I think Carrie Russell is in uh, uh, Open Roads. I can't remember who the other actor is, but um, yeah, that should be, if you're looking for kind of just a chill 
you know, narrative experience. I was going to say narrative driven, but, you know, I guess pun not intended experience. <laughs> Uh, this game might be uh, for you. Uh, next, I'm just going to rattle through uh, four other announcements from the Game Awards, all coming in 2021. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is coming to the Xbox Series S and S in the summer. I'm a little disappointed this is taking that long, but I am definitely going to fire this up on my Xbox Series X when it comes out. Uh, next, Evil West. We got a cinematic trailer. This is a new IP as far as I know. And it is you play like this uh, cowboy in the old west or future west i can't really tell and you're fighting <laughs> vampires and monsters that's coming sometime in 2021 uh, another game that will involve zombies and monsters uh uh the evil dead if you're an evil dead fan is coming out with a new game or they're coming out with a new game i'm not sure what the developer is behind this but it looks like it might have bruce campbell in it if you're a fan of the series uh hilarious uh funny horror mashup just a really interesting ip there and then another horror i guess you could call it horror ip ghosts and goblins resurrection is coming out february 25th 2021 one of the hardest games of all time is getting a remake for uh i actually don't know if this is coming out on all generations of consoles and pc but i imagine it is anyways that's coming out february 25th and that last roundup anything there that caught your eye most of all was uh, evil west for me um that reminded me of a game called Dark Watch, which came out in the early 2000s, where you were kind of this Van Helsing-like vampire hunter character. And something about that aesthetic is really cool to me, even though this was a pure CG trailer. So I'm interested in seeing some gameplay for this. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have to say uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Can't wait to try that. I Not being a PC gamer, I haven't dug in yet. And then, uh, again, I'm an Evil Dead fan. And if they do right by that franchise, that'll be a, a fun experience. So that is the Game Awards. If there was anything that you thought was uh, super exciting or uh, maybe that we missed because I know we didn't get to cover everything, drop us a comment. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Game Awards. Next, we got a Nindy. I still call them the Nindies. A Nintendo Indie <laughs> World Showcase. Uh, this was on Tuesday, which is the day before we recorded this podcast. And we th there wasn't really anything that... I found this to be a very underwhelming presentation, but the announcements of note were Spelunky and Spelunky 2 are coming to Switch in summer of 2021. I'd still love to give Spelunky 2 a try. Um, Cyber Shadow looked interesting to me. This is a Ninja Gaiden-esque 16-bit platformer. The developer is not one I'm familiar with, but it is being published, I believe, by Yacht Club Games, who's behind Shovel Knight. So, And they know they're 16-bit games, so this could be very good if you're into platformers. Again, we got the Super Meat Boy Forever announcement that that game is coming on December 23rd. And then um, you already know this most likely if you're a Nintendo Switch fan, but uh, these are the games that came out the day of the um, the stream Among Us. Calico, which is like a life sim for a, for, for, cat, for a cat cafe. And then Grindstone, which is that mobile game that was a big hit on Apple Arcade. Anyways, that's a lot of stuff. Jackson, did you watch this at all? I did not. Um, as you guys know, Nintendo is not really my uh, my forte, but uh, good to see more news for uh, Switch owners. Yeah. So uh, if again, if I missed anything on this, let us know in the comments. But it was, again, a pretty underwhelming showing uh, from my standpoint, but maybe you disagree. Um, but what is your forte, Jackson, uh, is Assassin's Creed. And we did get some Assassin's Creed news. Do you want to uh, cover this real quick? Or sure, not yeah. so quick, however you want. <laughs> so uh, a rundown, yeah, we are getting uh, 
we know that seasonal content's coming for Valhalla. Uh, I cover that almost exclusively on my channel. So the Yule Festival is coming soon. By the time this is up, it could already be out. We actually don't have a concrete date on it. We did get an update kind of uh, introducing some elements of that, but it'll come with new weapons, abilities, and yeah, content, which again is all free, which is very nice um, for your investment. Just buying into the game gets you this stuff, and if you're playing it actively, then you get rewarded for that. However, uh, this last update did add an XP booster microtransaction to the in-game store. Um, so this is something that plagued the headlines for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, if you guys remember, back in 2018. And so it doesn't look great right now for UB. The fact that they didn't have it in on launch, people like me and Josh didn't see that, couldn't warn you, so, so to speak. And then they've decided to patch it in a month later. You know, I, I think we all kind of understand <laughs> what that means, right? So they decided to slip that back in. Um, I, I have made videos talking about this. Uh, for me, it's... Not great. I, I just don't like microtransactions in my single player uh, games. And I know some people do like this as an option. Some people have no problem with it and don't even care. Um, what's your take on this, Josh? Um, well, with Odyssey, it didn't really bother me because I never felt that I had to grind to progress in that game. I loved the side content, so I did it anyways. Um, However, I do understand, especially for people who did feel that the game was grindy, that having the option to, uh, and this goes for Valhalla as well, that if, if anybody feels that they're just having to grind to progress and that the game kind of forces them into this uh, um, leveling up uh, process without any, if it's just tedious, that's frustrating that they then put in this microtransaction that kind of gives you this option. It's like a dangling this carrot that you could grab, but it costs you money if you want to grab it. Uh, I don't like that. So um, if I, I'm curious, did you find Valhalla to be overly grindy? Did you think, like, if, if, if money was no object, would you have taken advantage of something like this? I found it to be the opposite, actually. I, I found that similar to what you described your experience with Odyssey, I had with Valhalla. I was enjoying side content. A lot of the times I was over-leveled for the content that I was yeah. playing. So... Uh, I, I, it almost feels unnecessary. Um, Valhalla hands out uh, XP like it's candy. So I've never re ran into a situation where I felt like I was grinding. Yeah. So I will say I don't like the, um, and maybe this is what you were getting at, or I think this is what you were getting at. I don't like that they added this after they released the game. Right. Uh, that I, I find shady. If yeah. It's almost like I would just prefer this be in there from the get-go. Uh, and then yeah. we could review it more fairly and... You know, uh, it, I know these games just cost uh, an incredible amount of money to develop. So if this is one way they can get some more, uh, they can pay for their, hopefully they pay their developers, but just pay for the cost <laughs> of the game. I'm actually okay with this. It's more, yeah, the rollout that I have a problem with. Yes, I, I think I'm in a similar boat. Um, I, I really don't care what other people decide to spend their money on. There's, this is a single player game, but at the same time, of course, Josh and I know I mean, we, we played games before they were microtransactions. And it's kind of you always think back to that time where you weren't even thinking about this being in the back of your mind. So uh, that's just unfortunate. But all we can do is voice our our feedback. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of unfortunate, but I don't think quite as unfortunate. Uh, EA Play has been delayed on Game Pass for PC until next year. This was planned to be rolled out this year. I believe. Um, but 
EA just came out with, or uh, not EA, but Xbox came out with a very brief statement saying they just need more time to really uh, polish the experience. Uh, and so if you were looking forward to playing these EA games on your PC through Game Pass, you have to wait till next year. Uh, any thoughts here, Jackson? Uh, just briefly, yeah, a bit of a bummer. I will say that I just wasn't going to have time to go and explore EA games on w- with my Game Pass Ultimate uh, subscription before the end of this year. So it uh, doesn't really affect me, but at the same time, bummer for people who are really looking forward to it. Yep. And then uh, one quick hit uh, before we move on. There was a new, we've been kind of talking about Hitman 3 on this podcast. Uh, I know I'm really looking forward to it. It sounds like Jackson, you are as well. There was a new cinematic that came out this week. So if you want to see more Hitman and just get an idea of what that game is going to be like, uh, this is the opening cinematic for the game. And it does look like the that Dubai skyscraper level will be the opening level of the game. So more Hitman if that's something you're looking forward to. Yeah, and... Hitman always nails their first levels. I don't know if you've yeah. noticed that, mm-hmm. but every single game just has a banger of an open level that sets the tone for the rest of the game, and this looks like it will be that. Yep. Yeah, so very exciting. Uh, uh, can't wait to get our hands on that. That game comes out January 20th, I think, so not too far off. But with that, we are going to move on to our deep dive discussion. And man, I've been looking forward to this one. We are going to talk about our review discussion, or our review impressions, rather, of Cyberpunk 2077. We've both been playing the game uh, kind of as much as we can with our production schedule as well. So um, I have not finished the game, but I am about 21 hours in, and um, I, I do feel like I have a pretty good handle on it. Um, Jackson, what about you? Where are you, where are you with your uh, Cyberpunk playthrough? Yeah, I'm more than 15 hours in. I think I'm about 16, 17 hours into the game, and 30% through the main story. You know how they have those progress indicators. Um, 10% through the side content and 10% through kind of another meta story that would be spoilers to mention. So yeah. I've barely scratched the surface, really. Yeah, and I, I should say that, yeah, I've probably barely <laughs> scratched the surface too, given that you could probably spend like 200 hours in this game. However, um, I, I'm, I'm a good portion of the way through the main story. Um, we do want to mention that the review situation has kind of changed since last week. This game now has an 84% critic average on Open Critic and an 84% recommended score overall. That's for all versions, so it has gone down. I do. I'm I'm very relieved that that has happened because I don't think that with all the bugs this game uh, deserved. Uh, this is just my opinion. I don't think it deserved the 90% that it was getting. This game is a buggy mess uh, in my experience. Um, and if you're playing it on old consoles, as you know, most likely uh, it's even worse. And on Metacritic. Uh, both the Xbox One and the PS4 version are sitting around a 50%. So really terrible reviews for those versions. So we're uh, our heart goes out to you if you're playing it on either of those consoles. Um, I'm curious, though, what was your... Uh, well, I don't know, Jackson, uh, if you'd rather talk about the gameplay first or the, um, the technical side of things first, um, I'm not sure. But I am curious how the game is running for you on PC. You're playing on PC, right? So I've actually got two copies of the game, um, not intentionally. <laughs> I was all gung-ho about playing on PC because I thought my PC could handle it, and it really can't, at least at not not to my standards. Um, so I've been playing on Xbox Series X mostly. Okay. Um, and my well, let's start with technically, I'm not running into many bugs, Josh. Really not. Um, wow. Yeah, maybe like a handful um, over the course, there's some visual stuff there where everything kind of looks, I don't know, spotty and it's not film grain. Cause I've turned that off. 
Um, so there's some weird visual stuff that happens every now and then. I've noticed like uh, floating plates and bars and yeah, little things. Yeah, little things like that um, that are generally small, don't really bother me, but obviously ruin the immersion. Um, but technically it's been fine in my in my experience. That's great. I'm so excited for you. That's like, yeah, that has not <laughs> been my experience. I'm playing on the PS5 uh, and I'm sure some of it is subjective, you know, like what's a major bug or not. But I've had a lot right. of the little stuff that you've had. I had, you know, some uh, NPCs that walk without moving their legs and it just looks funny. And yeah, that stuff right. takes you out of the experience. But the the things that have been really um, annoying for me is every time I play the game, I have at least two crashes. Um, oh. I don't think I've played the game for longer than three hours without it crashing twice, at least. Um, that sucks. Wow. And, yeah. And then um, I had a mission, uh, one of the best missions in the game, where you meet a character named Pan Am. Uh, I don't know if that means anything to you um, or our listeners. I won't go beyond that. But where one of the characters in that mission, you walk a certain distance with her and she just totally disappeared. So I was talking to myself this entire part of the mission and any dialogue that this other character had, I didn't get to hear it because she was just gone. And then uh. I got to, I got to my objective and then boom, she reappeared. And I'm like, come on, you know, that's, that was a story mission, a main story yeah. mission. And I just missed out on that. Um, also there was some stuff before the patch that has, it seems like has gone away. I couldn't select dialogue options. Like I literally couldn't move my cursor to select dialogue options. So I had to go with the default option, which is pretty game breaking for a game like this, but that, has not happened since the patch. Um, anyways, I've had a lot of oh, and then another one, hilarious. Uh, one of the bi- one of the most pivotal scenes in the game, the early early game. Um, uh, Jackie takes a. Uh, I don't think this is spoiler territory because this is early on, but Jackie takes a, a chip out of his head and puts it in your head. If you've played the game, you know what what what's going on. It's a big scene, and instead of the chip, a gun just appeared in Jackie's head like a handgun. And he pulled the gun out of his head and put that in my head. And it's just like, this is a serious moment in the in the story. And now it's hilarious. And that was a kind of a bummer. Josh, I actually did see that one. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I reloaded my save because I thought I made like a, a, a wrong decision. So I went back and on my second time playing through that scene, I had the same thing. I had the 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 gun was in place of the chip was the was the issue, which is so weird. Um, but Man, that sucks. I, I'm sorry to hear that that's been your experience. And it, it just goes to show how different you and I, uh, our experiences have been. We're both on next-gen consoles. This is supposed to be the polished version of the experience, obviously below PC. But that's supposed to be like you're you're relatively safe. No, you're not. You, you're really not. We're still playing the backwards compatibility version of the game just on better hardware. Yep. Um, so hopefully so. I didn't go on too long there with all the bugs, but, um, you know, for, for me, that has been what I, I, I do think this game received scores that were maybe a little too high straight out of the gate with the bugs, but maybe the PC version wasn't quite as buggy. I don't know. It has been running smoothly, but I will say Jackson, like the gameplay of the game didn't really hook me for probably 15 hours. And then last night. I was playing the game and I've been trying to create like a hacker stealth build and okay. the, the hacking didn't really catch on for me. And then I looked, I was all of a sudden I realized I hadn't um, discovered any new quick hacks and quick okay. hacks are, you know, basically that those are the hacks that you, you use to manipulate uh, NPCs and devices. 
Anyways, I looked up how to do that, and it was like, you have to go talk to Netrunners in the world. Somehow I missed that. And now that I've been able to customize my loadout the way I want, oh my gosh, there is a special <laughs> game in here. Like the role-playing that you can do in this game and the way you can spec out your character, I am completely hooked after my experience last night. I played about five hours where I just was hacking and stealthing around, and I was actually doing a good, well, I was succeeding at that. And I don't know what your experience has been with the gameplay, but it, it finally clicked for me. Yes, I initially I had to get over a hurdle of it not clicking. Um, I thought that the ga- the gunplay was particularly rough, um, and that's something that we heard from reviews, and something that I f- thought I mentally prepared for, but um, I was shocked when I played it that I didn't like it. But then I started to get into a groove, and I also made some very specific changes to the controller. For some reason, there are some settings that add delays and like ramp up times when you're moving the stick, which just makes a game feel sluggish to me. So once I fixed that, found the right settings for myself, I've been really digging the gunplay. And like you said, uh, the the Netrunner stuff, the quick hacks, I I really do like that stuff. And I think I like it even more than a game like uh, Watch Dogs handles hacking. I think it's a lot more interesting and uh, interactive in this game. There's a lot more options, it feels like, uh, from that perspective in terms of combat. and the fact that you, you can like distract enemies, which is kind of, you know, reminds me of Watch Dogs as well. But um, yeah, there are so many uh, play style options in this game. I've been reading a lot about how people are disappointed with the narrative role play. And I think people were expecting something like a Fallout game where you can really define your character and speak for them. But in reality, we got something more like The Witcher from CDPR, where we're all playing the same V, right? We just picked a different life path that brings out some dialogue options, but really doesn't change much, Um, which is, I I think, fine. It's just a matter of expectations. Like, did you expect to for this to be a true role-playing game? Because if you did, you may be disappointed in that respect. But... Like you said, from a like a playstyle and building a character with a unique way of uh, tackling situations, they really nailed that. It's very robust. Yeah, that's where the role playing uh, exactly uh, shines for me. I will say, yeah, I'm finding the dialogue interesting. I, I like listening to it. I think that the voice acting is surprisingly good. Based on the trailers, I thought it was not going to be. I'm really happy that the voice acting is good. Um, at least that's been my experience and. Uh, um, the dialogue options are kind of, um, they don't really seem to change much. You're right about that. And that, I think, is disappointing, uh, given that all the hype that was, I think that the marketing led, at least it led me to believe that the dialogue was going to be really um, branching. And, you know, you could go one way or another and missions would play out entirely different based on the dialogue options. I'm not finding that to be the case. I'm not either. And I think a lot of people have done some extensive testing and, and proven that it, it really doesn't. Um, so, yeah. I understand why that would be disappointing. Um, I, I did want to talk more about the voice acting. I think it's really special in this game. Yeah, uh, like I haven't found a single, like even a random NPC. I know they don't say much, but no one sounds silly or ridiculous. Um, and that's something that I actually have not liked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, everyone in Valhalla has this happy-go-lucky attitude, um, or, or way too many people, at, with not a lot of like soul behind what they're saying i it's hard to explain but I, I hope you are picking up what on what i'm trying to describe yeah um it 
people feel really distinct in cyberpunk. Every single character feels very well acted and written. Yeah, the uh, the the characters you meet along the main story path in particular are very well done, and uh, <clears throat> I'm falling in love with some of them. Like I mentioned, Pan Am earlier, she's a great character. Judy, I, like everybody loves Judy. She's awesome, you know. And um, and even uh, I've I've seen some people not so hot on Jackie, but I I was really digging Jackie. I thought he was. I he love was great. Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I agree. And so one thing I've noticed is that with especially with V is her dialogue always sounds like she's actually listening to the person she's talking to and responding to them as opposed to just reading her lines in a vacuum. And that yeah. I find to be very uncommon in games, especially of this scope, and super refreshing that it sounds like you're listening to a conversation, not just someone just spouting off their lines off a script. That's such a good point. You really encapsulated, I think, what I was trying to say. It sounds like she's actually a character, you know, yeah. responding. So... Uh, I've also been playing female V such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about a lot of the stuff that we've really liked, or at least that I've liked. I mean, I don't know uh, if there's anything else you want to touch on. There is some, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm moving too fast. There's some stuff I, I didn't really like about the game, but is there anything else that you've just really enjoyed in cyberpunk? I think that cyberpunk, um, a lot of people talk about the world, um, and they were a little disappointed. I, I think it, I think it falls short in some immersion aspects. Like you're not getting very specific details like a Red Dead game, for example, that some people like were, were expecting. I, I'm failing to think of a, an example. But um, I think that just driving around Night City and taking in the sights and the scale and the density, uh, whatever their, the vibe they were going for, it really works for me. Um, I think it's a fascinating... Um, like sci-fi experience. I think they really nailed the tone of that. Yeah, the the way I've kind of thought of it, I don't know if you played Rage 2, but that was that was yeah. much more post-apocalyptic. But I feel like the aesthetic that that game was going for and what I was hoping to get out of that game, the feel and the vibe, I'm getting that exactly with uh, Cyberpunk. It's just this kind of like exaggerated futuristic city that's super colorful yet super dark at the same time. Um, I just love exploring it. I, I, I agree. That's one of the strong points I actually have some notes here in front of me, and that's one of the, I have kind of like the good and the bad, and one of the good things is just that the world is incredibly rich um, yeah. and really impressive level of detail, uh, even if it is not terribly polished at this point in time. So yeah, props to them for building the city that they have. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, just kind of like looking here at the good before I get into one other thing, we did mention that there weren't tons of branching storylines based off of dialogue, but I am finding that some of the choices you make will dictate how missions play out. There's that Royce mission early on where, you know, we saw in um, some promotion for the game where you you fight Royce and then it was covered that you could just straight up kill Royce. And those were two totally different outcomes. Well, I ended up playing that mission where Royce actually fought with me to escape that compound, which was totally <laughs> different. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah, so I, I just I, I thought that was neat and uh, makes me curious to see how some of the other missions might play out if I ever decide to play this game again, which I actually might do. Um, but there is some stuff that I'm not too hot on. I, I do feel like the world map is just a total mess and the mission, the way the game provides missions, it's like stop calling me on the phone. <laughs> if I get one more call from this taxi cab, I forget what they're called, the Del Delamain. Delamain. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> oh it's so frustrating. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and Regina Jones, the fixer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. 
I, 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 I struggle to call anything in this game lazy, but it does feel like that is a bit lazy. Like, you couldn't think of a more creative way for me to discover missions than just have people constantly calling me on the phone. Um, that's a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I, I think it's like a, they're, it's supposed to be a reflection of what they think society would be like and what the cyberpunk universe is supposed to be like. So like the whole concept of people calling you on your on your uh, what do they call them optics and yeah. it just appears in the HUD. Like I love the immersion part of that. But I think when it, in, in practice, it's very distracting and uh, it is disrupting to the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then uh, just some other quick things. I do think that at least on PS5, I'm not sure you've experienced this. I do feel like the enemy AI sometimes is just pretty bad. Like I've had enemies just stand there and I can just basically take them out. And some, you know, sometimes they're really tough. I actually have had some missions that. I've died multiple times, but sometimes the just the AI is really bad. Have you noticed that at all? I think it's inconsistent. Yeah I've, yeah, I've had people just stand there as well. Yep. And then just that the game, I feel like it kind of poorly communicates some of its systems. You know, the fact that I had oh. to look up online how to discover or how to uh, get hacks, quick hacks, um, and it really doesn't telegraph the upgrade system. You just have to kind of experiment with it to figure it out. I, I wish there was maybe a bit more of a tutorial system, but... That could just be me not being a real RPG buff um, and not being as familiar with some of these systems as maybe other people might be. I think that it needed more tutorializing as well. Um, I felt like I was thrown to the flames a little bit too early. Um, It does do some tutorializing, but for example, uh, the fact that you can... This is just one example. If you're using SMGs or assault rifles, that levels up your assault skill. But that is also separate from the perk points uh, or that's how you earn perk points, but it also is separate from your overall level. So like there's just a lot of competing systems going on. And I think you really do need to put like a dozen hours in before you truly understand what's going on, which I think is a problem. Yeah. Especially because if you mainline it, you can get through like a third of the story in that amount of time. And then you, you haven't even bought any cyberware or, you know, really upgraded your attributes all that much. And, Feels a little bit like that affects the pacing of the game. At least it did for me. Yes, I'm right yeah. there with you. So uh, we've kind of gone on a long and uh, a long time on this, but uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with Cyberpunk? Yes, just briefly. Um, I'm a little disappointed, and this is just me as a gamer lately, that Cyberpunk didn't evolve on the classic RPG looting loop. Um, what I'm most kind of disappointed by i would say is how often cyberpunk asks me to stop and loot and stop and look manage my inventory and stop and make sure i have enough carry weight and i just don't like that from my games i'm I'm moving more in that direction and i liked how valhalla streamlined its looting system and made it more of like a quality over quantity thing Cyberpunk, there's loot everywhere, constant loot. Um, so I, I would have liked to have seen an evolution of that. It's not pushing the boundary as much as I thought it would. And I think you could apply that to a lot of different aspects. I think it's very creative and it goes after its vision as an open world RPG. But at the same time, it's just not quite groundbreaking in a way that I think a lot of people expected it to be. Yeah, actually, I mean, I, there's... Other than maybe the world design and some of the mission design, I, I there's a lot in this game that I don't think is groundbreaking. I, I think yeah. that that is uh, spot on. And yeah, the loot, like your backpack in this game can 
it just turned into a total mess. And Ugh. I actually feel like that's another area of the game where I might apply the word lazy. It feels like they could have maybe figured out a more streamlined way to handle inventory management in this game for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe I hate to keep going on, but like Horizon Zero Dawn doesn't have a ton of looting. There's looting, but it's like for crafting and it's handled through a quick menu. Like that's stuff that I think they could have evolved on and made um, more smooth. So, yeah, yep. So lots to uh, kind of digest with Cyberpunk. I am very much excited to keep playing this game. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I kind of wish I had waited, you know, or had the kind of luxury to wait until the next gen version came out. But uh, to get this discussion going, I really wanted to play it and uh, I will finish it. And as much as I'm enjoying it, I might even start a second playthrough. We will see. I, I, I'm surprised how, especially after last night, how much this game has its hooks into me. Uh, yeah, I, the story, I think the writing is really, and, and the voice acting is what brings it home from in the, in the world, the vibe. Um, if you look at specific systems, it lets me down a bit. But like, I love the story. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Yeah, yeah, same here. So uh, again, if uh, anyone out there is uh, uh, playing Cyberpunk, which I'm sure you are, uh, or at least some of you, uh, and you have some thoughts to share with us, drop us a comment in the YouTube comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but with that, we are going to take our second break and when we get back uh we will probably skip what we've been playing jackson you cool with that i don't know if you've been playing anything else uh no but we will dig into our reader mail so we'll be right back and we're back we are now going to dig into our reader mail again you can write into preloaded if you want to ask us any questions the email address is preloadedpodcast at gmail.com and we read all of your mail. We love getting your questions, so please send them along. This week, though, we got a question from Victor. Victor, thank you for writing in. And you asked, you actually had a question for me, and uh, I do do a lot of the talking on this show, so hopefully you haven't grown tired of my voice, but I am going to go on about this one just a little bit. The question is, you are a Tomb Raider fan, speaking to me. Do you think Tomb Ra- the Tomb Raider franchise is going in the right direction? To me, the plot of recent games is boring. It's like Ubisoft's Immortals Phoenix Rising, but without the supernatural powers. And it's like puzzle exploring, puzzle exploring. Uh, And Victor, for you, you said it's got no immersion at all, um, especially when it comes to Laura's background. They don't get into that. So, And you think that it would be a good direction to take the series in a a similar direction to Uncharted. So you want to know what I think about this. I do think that Tomb Raider um, actually... I'm kind of of two minds. I really like the uh, open world structure of uh, the game. Uh, it was Rise of the Tomb Raider, I think, is one of my one of my top five games of the prior generation. I absolutely loved that game. Um, but it was that open world structure, semi-open world structure, that I really found addictive combined with the tombs that they have. And I do think the storytelling was not the best, um, but I've never really played Tomb Raider for story, to be honest with you. I play it for the the um, exploration, and that game nailed it. I I do wish that the games kind of went a bit more in the puzzle-solving direction, though. Um, if you play the old Tomb Raiders, there are very few enemies in those games. It's almost 100% exploration, and that's what I really love about Tomb Raider. So I wish that um, if they if they do continue with the Tomb Raider franchise, I'm okay if they don't go in this. Uh, if they don't tell a terribly interesting story, what I would really prefer is that they take these puzzle-oriented tombs really elaborate on those, make those the the star of the game. Um, But I'm not hopeful for that because, um, you know, I really feel like the action 
elements of those games are what uh, brought a lot of people into the franchise uh, who might have been new fans. So that's my take. I hope that answered your question. Jackson, did you have any thoughts on this? Sure. Uh, just chiming in briefly, uh, Victor, I feel like they already are kind of trying to take the game in the Uncharted series direction. Um, they are like with some crafting and introducing stuff like that. That's not Uncharted, but um, it's kind of a mix mash of a lot of different genres. But it, in a way, it, it makes sense for Tomb Raider to kind of evolve in that way. Um I'm with you where I didn't really vibe with the new story, but like Josh, I wasn't really, that wasn't something I had huge expectations for. So uh, I'd love Tomb Raider to just continue to evolve, but I do think story is a place where it could, could be better. Yeah. All right. So again, Victor, thank you for the question. And uh, to anyone else, again, if you want to hear us talk about something on the next show, which again is going to be on the 8th of January. So it is a ways out. Uh, still, please write us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. It's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we are going to wrap things up. Before we do, Jackson, did you want to uh, plug anything on your channel? Sure, yes. I will be covering a lot of Valhalla. Um, the Yule Festival seasonal event is coming soon, so I'll be streaming that. I'll be making videos. So check me out on YouTube. I'm J-A-Y-V-E-E. And then follow me on Twitter. I'm at JVonYT and Instagram, JV.YT. Nice. And I'm still cranking away on my video about the 20 most uh, anticipated or 20 biggest single-player games coming out in 2021. It's turning out to be quite the project, but I should have that out this week. So look forward to that. And if you want to follow me on socials, I am at Quest Mode Games on Twitter and Instagram. So we want to thank everyone for listening and watching. We will see everyone in three weeks on January 8th. We'll look forward to it. Bye, guys.